0: Good morning, afternoon, whenever you might be watching this. Gabe D'Armond here on powermazoo.com This is Choosing Wisely presented by Master Tech. It is our last weekly pick show of the season. Uh, at least the regular season, we will do a bowl edition for the last week of the regular season. We have saved, obviously, the best guest we've had all year. We'll get to him in just a minute. But as we always do, we pay the bills first on this show and want to make sure that you guys know Master Tech is your place not only to get your heater, your air conditioner, your plumbing, whatever you need fixed around your house, those guys can do it. But even more importantly, this month, that is the month of November still for another week, they are going to give you give $1 donation of every service call to the, I'm sorry, $10 from every service call to the Central Bank, the Food Bank of Northeast and Central Missouri. If you actually follow through and get an HVA system from them, they are going to donate $100 of that price to the food bank, and just $1 can create 21 meals over at that great organization. Also, if you tell them you heard about them on Powermazoo.com, they will give you a $35 credit after every service call for uh, any work you have done in the future with them. And, uh... <laughs>
1: I'll leave it to the experts and pros at Master Tech, Gabe, but thanks for the suggestion. You <laughs> yeah. never know. You may you may see me surface again somewhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, uh, Chris Gervino, obviously, one time you saw him on your television uh, on both KMIZ and KOMU <laughs> now him. spends the majority of his working time doing the radio broadcast for Missouri football and basketball. And, Chris, before we get into to picking games, which is kind of what we do every Friday, just What have been your thoughts through 10 games of year two here for Eli Drinkwitz?
1: Well, uh, to quote uh, the uh, famous late Missouri football coach, Larry Smith, it's been like a roller coaster this season. In fact, your dad, the great Mike DeArmond, once asked Larry the famous question. I was right there. Larry, do you like roller coasters? Because that was uh, one of Larry's seasons, at least. And this one has just been... uh, You know, surprising, uh, really, from from early on, Gabe, a a little bit of everything. Uh, Obviously, the defense against the run had such mighty struggles. Uh, The Tennessee game was so memorable, and, and of course, uh, that resulted in the dismissal of defensive line coach Jethro Franklin. So uh, since then, and I don't think it was all on Coach Franklin, but the defense has certainly played better the last few weeks. I thought even in the lopsided loss to Georgia, Given the competition, I thought that was one of Missouri's better games in terms of about the line of scrimmage and physically and playing better against the run. And then the Tigers follow that up against South Carolina. So certainly they're trending the right way. Missouri is at 5-5 five and five and looking for a bull bid with one more win. And here comes Florida this weekend and, and a bit of a free fall. I mean, it was a team, as you know, under Dan Mullen, that was in the top 10 earlier the season, lost by two at Alabama. But now is a three-game SEC losing streak, including a 19-point loss to South Carolina. Uh, gave up 52 points, which is hard to believe against Sanford last week. So who knows what Florida team we're going to get? A lot of talent. I think Mullen's done a good job there until the last few weeks. I mean, he's 34-14. and 14. They've been to, what, the Peach Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Cotton Bowl, SEC East winners a year ago. But, man, I mean, momentum's such a big deal, and, and they got to figure it out quick. So I think... Saturday's game is fascinating and in, in that way maybe unpredictable, much like I would say the season has been thus far for Missouri. But here we are, 5-5 five and five and a chance at a bowl game after all.
0: Yeah, what we maybe should be doing instead of uh, picking games against the line is setting a line on Missouri's starting quarterback for this week. But we'll see what happens on uh, on Saturday afternoon. Real quick before we do get to games, I know you and I both were in the arena last night. I apologize that you actually had a closer view of Missouri uh, beating Northern Illinois than I did. Um, not really a start to the season that like gets everybody super fired up for basketball.
1: No, it's, it's been a bit disappointing. Uh, I guess you would certainly say better to win a game like that than lose a game like that last night. But I, boy, the teams at one point were 17 of 62 combined from the field, 17 of 62 and uh, Missouri had some turnover issues again They've got to figure things out. Uh, you know, Kobe Brown has really uh, bailed them out a couple of times down the stretch, especially against Northern Illinois when he finished with 13 points, 13 rebounds. He kind of grabbed that game there by the neck, if you will, right down the stretch to, to pull Missouri out. But, yeah, um, you know, Kansas City, a middle-of-the-pack team in the summit. Northern Illinois picked last in the Mid-America Conference, and, of course, that was a pretty even game to the final few minutes. I, I think they'll work with the transfers. They've got to get more. You know, they've got the – The four players and Ronnie DeGray has been been really good. I think he does a lot for the team rebounding and the little things, but they've got to get more from uh, certainly Mari Davis who didn't have a point there uh, last night uh, and was still looking for that first point in the final minutes. And of course uh, you've got Boogie Coleman really is also uh, a little bit slow. He's, he's had some nice assists, but I think he can score the ball more. So they've got to get more from them than DeJuan Gordon. I mean, he had the only three pointer for example, in the first half, but, but at one point, those three transfers of the four newcomers uh, had had hardly done anything statistically, you know, well into the second half. And I just remember thinking, gosh, these are four immediate impact players. They've got to have more of an immediate impact. So long way to go, but certainly Missouri's got a lot of work to do, you know, ahead of SEC play, which will be here the end of December at kentucky of course of all places to start
0: right yeah it's really the busiest week of the year in in what we do with uh with football and basketball both going full speed but this is a football show so uh what we do every week i pick nine games uh we pick them against the spread and chris i don't want to put pressure on you but i had bud sasser on this show last week he went six two and one it was the best yeah the against best the results spread? yeah best results by a guest. I am I am for the season. I'm 15 games over 500 against the spread and the guests are now only one game behind. This is the regular season finale, so it is entirely up to you if the guests beat me or or if i get to pretend to be an expert in this for yeah,
1: no no pressure there huh Gabe? No, no pressure
0: at all i also tell people every week now because i've done so well like most people that pick games say don't don't gamble on our picks i actually tell people i'm so good at this please go out and gamble next month's rent on uh, on on the predictions we make so uh, <laughs> okay well i'll let you speak
1: for yourself i would not right. advise folks the same with five picks but at least missouri's made it more interesting the last yep. two weeks Having covered the spread, right? Yeah. I mean, the Tigers were 0 for 8 against the spread, and they covered by like a point and a half at Georgia and covered against South Carolina. So now it really is unpredictable. And that has uh, – yeah, that, that was amazing, wasn't it, when they were 0 for 8 against the spread? And what was amazing, Gabe, and I'll let you get on with the show here in a minute because it is your show, how many people knew Missouri was 0 for the spread through 8 games? In the I see, that was a like, – Quite a conversation
0: topic. Yes, a lot of people on our site knew. It was It was funny. The week before Missouri covered, uh, Arizona and UNLV became the last teams to actually win a game. So everybody has won and everybody has covered. So as I saw Pat Forty say at one point, Everybody's been happy at least one weekend this year in, in college football, so so <laughs> right. yay for them. So um, the way the way we always do this, I always let the guest pick first. Uh, that's that's probably actually uh, the wrong way to do it because it then gives me a chance to just pick the opposite sometimes, but. Um,
1: which might be a good pattern for you to right. follow today.
0: Exactly. So the first game we're picking is, uh, this is a really good game actually, but the spread is ridiculous. Michigan State is a 19-point underdog at Ohio State. So so what do you think here?
1: Yeah, I saw that and that surprised me even though it's in Columbus. I will uh, take Michigan State there. I think it's going to be closer than the 19 points, especially the way Michigan State likes to play and run that ball uh, with Kenny Walker there. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go... Uh, I'll go Michigan State
0: with the points, yeah, I tend to agree, um because Michigan State this is the first Michigan state team in a long time that actually has a good offense they can they can put up points with walker and and they've got some good wide outs, so I think it's gonna be high scoring like this game could be forty nine to forty one or something but but I'll take Michigan State with the points uh this is another one that like I, people always forget that spreads are not predictions, right spreads are just hey, what can we do to get equal money on both sides? And so I think people are going to see Clemson's name. And Clemson is a four-point favorite over Wake Forest, which has only lost one game this year. So I I don't know. Where do you go here? You know,
1: earlier in the season, if it was early in the season of this particular matchup, I would have probably still leaned on Clemson, you know, the pedigree, the history. But I think Wake is rolling uh, so well now and has – has done so well, really believes in itself, is confident, probably has a chance it feels to really knock off Clemson and make a further statement. But Wake has been really good in that ACC. So I'm gonna ride the Wake Forest bandwagon and go with the Demon Deacons. In football. We used to talk basketball only, but in football.
0: Right. Yeah, this would have been this would have been a great matchup, right, with Tim Duncan against like Oliver Purnell's teams or something. But um Sure. Yeah, so I uh, I hate to just agree, but I, I've seen, in in full disclosure, I've seen Wake Forest play zero snaps this year. Um, so this is the kind of research I do. I'm picking Wake Forest as an underdog at Clemson based on absolutely nothing. Um, but, again, obviously it's worked for me all year. I'm not going to start doing research in week 11, so there we yes. are. Why um, would
1: you? I can say Wake has a very good kicker, you know, when uh, – uh Harrison Mevis uh, inherited the longest streak of field goals made. The guy he replaced was Nick Skiba, Wake Forest kicker. He made 25 in a row when his streak was snapped. And then Mevis had his streak, I think it was up okay. to 19 straight. Of course, that's gone now. But, but that was my one little nugget on Wake oh, yeah. Forest. They had the kicker who had the longer made field goal streak than Harrison Mimas for much of this season. Well, I want to say there that
0: that's the most college football knowledge that's been imparted on this show all season long. So um, thank you very much. So kudos to you, uh, Chris Trevino, actually teaching our viewers about football while I'm just kind of playing grab ass here once a week. Um, all right. So this one, I, I think this one is interesting. I think we might actually disagree here. Nebraska is getting nine and a half points at Wisconsin. Where, where do you go here?
1: Okay. Well, I, we need to start disagreeing.
0: That's for sure. Uh, well, I, you know, I'm going to go. We'll see what you think. I'm going to go
1: Wisconsin. I'm going to take uh, uh, that red-clad collegiate football team. The Badgers are home. Nebraska, just not the Nebraska of the old days. I get it. We all get that. But they're they're hard to figure out. Um, but I'll just I'll stick with the Badgers. I think they're a little more steady, a little more solid. And again, at home, I'll give them the edge, and I'll I'll take them with the points.
0: Okay, so we have our first disagreement because I have learned two things about college football this year. There are only two rules. Nebraska is going to play someone within one score, and they are always going to lose. Those are the two things that happen every <laughs> single week. Scott Frost is like – he would be the horseshoes king of college football, man. He, he uh, I like
1: it. I like uh, it.
0: He he hangs around, but he never gets the job done. So I'm going with the Huskers to stay within 10 of a Wisconsin team that, that doesn't score a ton. Uh all right, the SEC, the, normally we pick more SEC games than this, but the SEC schedule's really bad this week, honestly. Uh, the first SEC game, though, I'm really surprised by this line. Auburn is only a seven-and-a-half-point favorite at South Carolina. Um, I know Bo Nix is out for the season, but that seems low to me. Yeah, I think they're
1: counting, obviously, on the quarterback change to be detrimental to Auburn with Bo Nix out and uh, T.J. Finley, the – LSU transfer in, but I saw South Carolina last week. Was not impressed <laughs> uh, offensively. Whoa, were they one dimensional and not very good? And I, I, really believe in Auburn's defense. So I will, uh, I will go with Auburn winning on the road against Carolina. I like all, Auburn and laying the points.
0: <laughs> yeah. We we agree on three of the four so far, and now this is this is clearly the game of the week in college football. Chris Vanderbilt, a thirty-six point underdog at Oxford, Mississippi, and uh, and top ten Ole Miss.
1: That's right, and top ten Ole Miss will beat Vandy by more than thirty-six. Vanderbilt has had a lot of lopsided losses. I don't want to pick on the Commodores, but it is what it is. Uh, Matt Corral is is some kind of quarterback. I think he's. And his uh, teammates would love for him to win the Heisman. He's certainly in contention. The lane train is on the tracks. So they've beaten some good football teams, most notably Texas A&M a week ago. So, again, I uh, that's a big number 36, but I don't think it's big enough. I'll go with the Rebels.
0: All right. This is, this is where I outsmart myself because what I actually see in this game is that Ole Miss is going to get up a whole bunch of points because everybody gets up a whole bunch of points against Vanderbilt. But then I think Lane Kiffin's going to go, you know, we got the Egg Bowl in, in five days. All we got to do is hang on here and win this game. If we win the Egg Bowl, we're going to be in like a New Year's Six game. Maybe outside shot at like that fourth playoff spot, but probably not. I think he's going to pull the horses back a little bit in the second half. I think maybe Matt Corral won't play the fourth quarter. Maybe some of those guys are sit, going to sit. So I'm going to go with Vanderbilt to cover, which – clearly has to be the dumbest thing anybody picking college football games can possibly Well, no,
1: you, I mean, you made a case for it, Gabe. I mean, you, you're very thoughtful. It, you, I'm not sure it'll be right, but you right. Know, we'll find out tomorrow. Hey, but the, you made a good case.
0: The key is that you don't have to be right. If you just sound convincing, people are going to believe you, right? Um, well, you
1: did that. You did that. Yeah. Can I make a quick editorial comment just yes. about football? Yes. Since you mentioned, like, the Jacksonville State game. I so hope when the SEC expands, whatever that is, maybe as early as 23, I guess I hope, maybe as late as 25, they they almost have to, right, add a conference game and get rid of one of these non-conference games. I'm sure they'll all still beat up on the lower division schools if they're allowed for one of those. but get rid of a non-conference game, play nine conference games. I almost think they have to, right? With the scheduling and the format, they'll get a ninth conference game in the league. Let's all hope for that, no? Hey,
0: yeah, I, I think they definitely have to go to nine. I've heard Pete Dammel and some people talk about they could go to 10. I'm not sure I see the SEC doing that. but I'd love it, but I'm not sure
1: all the coaches this side of Saban would right. go for it. Nick would say, okay, and he has been for nine at least.
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious, like, what would be your preference? I've said, I want the two divisions. Put Alabama and Auburn over in the East, put Missouri in the West with a, with Texas and Oklahoma, and I know that we are dinosaurs from an age that doesn't exist, but it would actually make geographic sense, like you would actually be playing, you know, Missouri, the, the westernmost school, would not be in the SEC East.
1: I like geographical sense, right? It makes yeah. too much sense. So you could do the divisions and put Missouri back in the West. And Of course, the other thing which I'm sure you've seen, which I hadn't thought about until it was brought up, are the pod system of four pods of four teams, and that's a little different. But I get it. And I, I always note that the SEC network was the ones really to put it out there and they had it all figured out with four teams. So you might think they have good information, even if nothing's definite. But what was suggested, you know, would be like Missouri in with Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas. and you have AM, LSU, Old Miss Mississippi State, Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, and Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, South Carolina. The thing I think that really would work about that is you would play the other three teams in your pod, obviously each year and then you play two teams from the other three pods to give you nine games. And what happens is you then by doing that and rotating, you would play every team in the league twice every four years, once at your place, every four years and once at the other place within a four year window, like a conference should be. So it makes sense, you know, that way in terms of the scheduling and even in basketball, you could do that. You could play the other three teams in your pod twice for six games, play everybody else in the league once for 18, which is the current number. So, I think they thought about it quite a bit, and, and that isn't the traditional division uh, sense, but you could still do the pods and you know, work it out, uh, obviously, to a conference championship game. Put the pods within a division or put the four-pod winners semifinals in a conference championship game with just the two best records. So a lot to figure out, but I thought the four pods of four for scheduling purposes makes sense because then you see every other team in the league home and away within four years that's how it should be
0: well how dare you criticize the idea that one trip every 14 years to baton rouge doesn't make any sense but uh isn't that
1: crazy and i've had a few uh chances to interview the the commissioner and and certainly paraphrasing don't want to put words in his mouth but he definitely has said to me and others i know publicly that they would like to address that and have teams play each other more than once every 12 or 14 years so I think there's momentum to that. But yes, I mean, now's the time with expansion with Texas and Oklahoma to figure it out at least geographically for Missouri to be in the West uh, in two divisions, if not four pods. And then I think it does kind of help, you know, with matchups and rivalries and this and that. But it just makes too much sense in what we have now.
0: Yeah, so our uh, our editorial interlude over, which is always the <laughs> best part of the show. Let's go back. We got uh, we got four more games to pick. I've got to figure out where we are on the list here. That was uh, like
1: halftime, Gabe. That was a re- halftime break, so we can regather our thoughts for it, predictions.
0: I, I like it. I like it. Uh, and so if, if we've been bad, we're going to finish strong here, and we're going to start with Arkansas getting 20-and-a-half in Tuscaloosa. Mm.
1: Yeah, I, you know – the job Arkansas is doing with, with Sam Pittman there in the second year coaching. You know, they had a 20-game conference losing streak. They snapped just last year, 13 months ago in October. Chad Morris didn't win a conference game in two years. Brent has struggled the year before that. But Pittman and Barry Odom and Kendall Bryles, his coordinators, come in, and they've just been terrific. Won three games last year. Could have won four losing at Mizzou at the last second. Could have won five losing at Auburn in a controversial call in last minute. But here they are, a chance, uh, you know, to win seven or eight games in the league uh, overall this year. And, of course, uh, maybe four or five. You know, Alabama is, I think, certainly the better team, having said all that. But I think Arkansas is good up front on the line. I think they'll play physical. I think they'll match Alabama in many, if not all, areas. I certainly would take the tide to win. But I'm going to go with Arkansas uh, as a 20-and-a-half-point underdog and think they play a little closer than that i I just believe in their progress i don't think they're quite ready to take down bama but i think they'll be competitive uh, for a while which would be good enough in this endeavor gabe
0: yeah i think i've been wrong on arkansas like every single week this year i picked against them like the first month of the season and they were undefeated and then i finally bought in and started picking with them and they would never cover and they lost three in a row so i am picking arkansas which means we're going to get alabama 58 10 tomorrow and they did have a dip you know they had a
1: dip there in the middle of the season but to their credit they've come back and you know this is really a a big test for them but you know playing in the sec west uh with what they've done i think it's the number one strength of schedule in the country with the west and then oh by the way you get georgia from the east in addition to missouri and and then texas of course isn't that great as it turns out from the big 12 and non-conference game but man they've come a long way in a short time and you know, good for Sam and Barry, two guys I've known for a long time and really like a lot. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for their success. I think it's pretty eye-opening.
0: I think Missouri fans also very happy for Barry Odom's success. I think I, I can, uh, I think I can speak. <laughs> Next for them. week, in yeah. Fayetteville, right? Friday, yeah. we'll be there. <laughs> so uh, speaking of the Big Twelve, which you mentioned, um, the match, the most disappointing one-loss team in the country, I think it's fair to say, versus just the most disappointing team in the country, Iowa State is getting three and a half points in Norman. So I, I, this is a tough one to pick for me.
1: It is. It is. I think, you know, Iowa State these last couple of years has been better than usual, so to speak. They've come a ways under Matt Campbell, Oklahoma. This is not one of the better teams by any means, if you follow them, but at home three and a half point favorites after the loss to Baylor, you know, I think that really got Oklahoma's attention, a bit of a wake up call. I mean, they're, they're really outside looking in, obviously, in the college football playoff. But I'm going to go with the Sooners to win by more than the three-and-a-half against Iowa State. Competitive game, but OU wins by better than a field goal.
0: Yeah, I think I, – I mean, Iowa State has, has gotten Oklahoma the last – couple of years or or at least really played them close. I'm not sure if they've beaten them straight up, but I think they have Oklahoma's attention. I think Oklahoma knows to have any chance. Not only do they have to win, but they have to like embarrass people down the stretch to have any chance to get in. So I'm going I'm going Boomer sooner in this one as well. Even though I don't think they're all that good, I think they're better than uh better than Iowa State is um in the staying in the playoff chase uh, in teams that Like, really, I don't know how they're in the playoff chase, but they are Oregon, a a three-and-a-half-point underdog at Utah. Yeah, this
1: is a tough one. I mean, of all the ones, I think this might be the hardest one, at least for me. And I will admit, I don't see much of the Pac-12 games like I do the other leagues. I'm getting old, Gabe. I just can't do it. I can't stay up and watch them all live, you know. Uh, Sometimes they reappear the replays. But I'm going to kind of go with – I guess I'd say the momentum and the favorite Utah at home, uh, up there in Salt Lake City. I'm going to go with the Utes to, to win this ball game over Oregon and uh, yeah, and lay the points. Uh, it's you know very likely a, a matchup of the Pac-12 championship game, right? There could be a rematch. These mm-hmm. have been two of the better teams as they're uh, in separate divisions. I I can't say I know much about Utah, all, right. but I like what they've done.
0: Yeah. from a distance I-
1: without really seeing them. And I know Oregon's pretty good, but I think it's hard late in the season on the road, you know, meaningful game for both teams. They're close. So this is a big home field pick for me in the Utes.
0: Yeah, I can name two Oregon players. I can name zero Utah players. I, I don't think Alex Smith is still there. Um, I, I don't know anyone on their team. But, I see, I thought this was one where maybe I could pick up a game, but I agree with you. Like, I yeah, think yeah. Utah's going to win this game, and I don't really know why other than I, I think really what I'm doing this week is just rooting for chaos and rooting for everybody to fall out of the the playoff. I want Wake Forest playing Cincinnati in, in one semifinal, <laughs> so, so that's where I'm going. That would going. be chaotic. That yeah. would be chaotic. No it question.
1: That's the type of season I think it's been this side of Georgia, if you think about it.
0: Yeah, it's been a little 2007-like for sure, but it, still we, got, we need Oregon or Oklahoma State to fall out. We need Oregon to fall out. We need some, some things to happen. So, all right, we always finish with the last uh, with the Mizzou game and no curb uh, no street exemption here unless you tell me that your <laughs> contract uh, prevents you from making a prediction because you're calling the game. But Mizzou an eight-and-a-half un- point underdog looking for its third straight cover.
1: Right. Well, I don't think I have anything in my contract that I've read, at least, that prohibits that. But uh, no, and as the Mizzou announcer, of course, I'm going to go with the Tigers, but I do like them with, with the points. You know, eight and a half is a, a big line, I think, for a road team. Uh, Eli Drinkwich has been very candid and funny about hoping for snow. That's not happening. Last I saw, they're saying a high of 61, which a particular sideline reporter may especially appreciate if the head coach doesn't. But I'll take that any day, late November at, at Mizzou. So the weather will shouldn't be a factor but i i really think florida's messed up right now doesn't mean they can't and won't get it together doesn't mean they don't have talent across the board but the way they've played lately the way missouri has improved i think modestly at least the last few weeks uh, i think at home eight and a half is a lot and i think the tigers certainly uh we'll cover that and perhaps even win the game, which would really be something and get them bowl eligible. Who knows? But, but I will go with Missouri against the eight and a half. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm a, i am I agree on the spread. I'm actually picking Florida. I think to win the game, I think I picked them by about a touchdown, but, um, you know, I, I've actually – the reason I have a lead at all in this show over the course of the year is that every single guest has picked Missouri to cover in every game because I tend to have Missouri people on here, and I picked against them a couple times and, and actually uh, made, it, made it work that way. So um, that's why I've got a lead, but I'm looking – overall, we only disagree on two games, Chris, and this is why I would never actually be a gambler because if I was, I would be spending my Saturday rooting for Nebraska and Vanderbilt. And that is no way to go through life in college football.
1: Yeah, that's hard to hit your wagon to Nebraska these days and really Vanderbilt uh, any days. But no, I can honestly say I am not a gambler. I never will be, never have been. I may have been in the Super Bowl pool in uh, junior high school, but that's been a few years. But uh, no, because I think the more you follow the games and do this for a living in terms of our work, you realize... You just really don't know, especially against the point spread. But uh, yeah, with Mizzou, I feel good. The Tigers are trending the right way with the spread. They've uh, they've covered the last two weeks, <laughs> and Florida's been fading a bit. So uh, yeah, we'll go both go with the uh, with the Tigers in that last one. So yeah, that may either make all your. Uh, your fans uh, are happy or else scared to death and they might run the other way
0: with their choice. Right. It may be our fault. Yeah. I learned my gambling lesson twofold. Um, Number one, in like a, in these basketball pools, I think I know what I'm doing and I pick all these upsets and then the person who's never watched a college basketball game in their life beats me. And then, I mean, the last college football game I gambled on uh, involved Ron Dane. And so, you know, 50% of the people watching this show don't even know who that is and think I just made that up. So it's been a minute. Yeah,
1: it's been a little while, that's for sure.
0: Well, Chris, appreciate you taking some time, man. Uh, We've been seeing a lot of each other here here these last couple weeks. And, uh, you know, enjoy the uh, 60-degree weather. Put on your polo shirt tomorrow and just relax on the sidelines.
1: Oh, I tell you what, it is a gift. So, 60 degree weather, late November for Missouri football. I'll take it, Gabe. Always a pleasure. Good to see you, my friend.
0: All right, Chris, have a good one, man. Thanks for uh, you taking too, some buddy. time. See ya. All right, that is Chris Gervino. You can hear him tomorrow on the radio call Ooh. of Mizzou versus Florida, 3 p.m. on the Tiger Radio Network. And always love catching up with Chris. Seriously, one of the best guys that that you'll meet in this business or any other business. So thanks to Chris for for taking some time to uh, pick some games with us. And I want to show you the tally. to have beaten our guests for the season. Sorry, I had myself on mute there. I need Nebraska or Vanderbilt to come through to beat our guests for the season. Um, if they both come through, I win. If they both don't come through, the guests I think actually are going to beat me by a game. We will do a bowl prediction show at some point um before the bowl games start, before Christmas, before bragging rights. I'll find a guest and and we'll pick nine games, nine of the bowl games, obviously, you know, the semifinals, New Year's Six bowls, Missouri if they're in one. Um, so we will. do that before bowl season but this is the regular season finale because next friday is not only game day for missouri so we're not going to record but it's also obviously the day after thanksgiving missouri's got two three basketball games actually in the next week if we include next friday night so it's just a busy week we got a ton of stuff we can't record a show thursday or friday next week so um want to thank master tech for being a part of this all season long and again we are going to uh we are going to do a bullpick show. So this isn't the last one, but want to remind you, mastertech has got a couple of special deals for you. Um, if you call MasterTech at 573-777-7777 and have one of their HVAC comfort advisors come out and give you a quote on a new heating and cooling system, you do not have to necessarily buy that, but you're going to get a $30 credit on um any future work whether that's plumbing heating or cooling all you gotta do is have them come out give you a quote if you do that tell them you heard about it on power mizzou they're going to give you a 30 dollars credit um for uh future work also throughout the entire month of november from every service call and $100 from every heating and cooling system they sell will be donated to the Food Bank for Central and Northeast Missouri. That is, Look, guys, it's the holidays coming up. Like, There's people that don't get turkey dinner. There's people that don't have food around the holidays, and and, uh, you can help those people out. Again, $10 of every call, $100 of every heating and cooling system sold. The Food Bank can make $1, stretch everything and and give the provide 21 meals. So $10, that's 210 meals. If you buy a new heating and cooling system, you're literally providing 2000 meals to people in central and northeast Missouri from the food bank. It's a great organization, Mastertech throughout this entire season has not only do they provide great customer service and good products and we've used them for a lot of things around our house, so I can I can vouch for that, but for the last 2 months consecutively, they have been uh, donating portions of, of their proceeds to charities here right Right here in mid Missouri. So, certainly encourage you. Look, everybody has plumbing needs, heating and cooling, things like that. You've got to get it done. So, call Master Tech at 573 777 7777. Have them do it. Mention PowerMazoo.com. Save money. Help a good cause. All fantastic things, right? I uh, would appreciate you guys doing that and appreciate you really joining us here all year long. Um, thanks for being a part of this show. Again, we'll do a bowl show, but this is the last one of the regular season. I've had some fun catching up with friends in the business, uh, guys that I've covered, things like that, picking some games. We I've joked that you should gamble on on my picks. I don't believe that. Don't gamble. If you do, that's your fault. That's your responsibility. I take no uh, no responsibility for it unless you win. Then I take all the credit in the world. But thanks for hanging out with me, guys. And uh, tomorrow, 1.30 pregame against Florida, postgame drink afterwards. We'll see you then.